0: On the air everywhere, this is New England Broadcasting.
1: Monday, it'll be all right. Monday, the
0: night. Monday morning, you show the fight. rainy day. Whatever. Tell me why I don't like Mondays, tell me why I don't like Mondays, it's just another manic Monday. Monday Monday. Monday, Monday. Monday, 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 so good to me. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, it's the Ron Van Damme Show. Thanks a lot. Eh? Hold on tight, things can get a bit weird, if you like that sort of thing.
1: Hey, welcome to the program. It is the Ron Van Damme Show. I can prove it. Here's my birth certificate. I think that's me. That's my height, my weight. That's, well, that's about all I know from that paper. I don't remember much. I was like one minute old when I was born, and uh, I could have been switched at birth with a different baby. I'll have no idea. To be honest with you, it makes no difference at this point. I have spent uh, most of my life trying to find my real parents, and I was living with them all the time, so that was a waste of time, too. Even if I found out that my parents were not real, it wouldn't make any difference, because I'm not real either. I think I've told you as as a gift I got this uh, one two three you and me or one two three go or ancestry dot shoes or whatever it is, and I found out that I have a little bit of blood all over the world. I think my parents were just screwing everybody in every country. I think that's what I think that's what that means. I've got a little Italian in me. Ooh, that sounds sexy, but I don't think that that's what it means. Um. <laughs> I've, I'm I'm descended from, I think they told me, the apes, I think they told me, from cave people, I think they told me in the ancestry thing. They went back pretty far. Apparently, my great, 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 Anyway, um, yeah, I, I did get that Ancestry.123go uh, thing, com.com, .com, and they, uh, they're they hitting me up a lot. They're, they're stalking me is what they're doing. They want me to buy all these various extra things. Uh, are you wrong? We found out that you're uh, related to a very important person in history. For $100, we'll tell you just who it is. I don't know if they do that. I think that's because I don't read the emails. I just, I send them right to my spam folder. My folder of spam. In this folder of spam that I have created, there are emails that I didn't even open. But they were suspect. If I open one of these emails, they'll blow up. I put a lot of things in this. I put old socks in my spam folder. Socks that I don't want anymore. There's holes in the bottom of the socks. I don't want them. I don't want them. Why don't I just throw them out? No. I'm going to keep them in my spam folder. I don't know where my spam folder is. I can't find it. I think it's somewhere in the cloud. If there's a smelly cloud up there, that's probably my spam folder because it's got dirty socks in there and emails that I don't want to read. Sometimes when my friends send me emails, I'll put them in the spam folder just to be funny. Anyway, uh, I have a very interesting extended interview today with an author. Her name is Rana Weinberg. She apparently has the female version of my name. Um, we're not swapping clothes or anything. I'm just saying. She is uh, talking about relationships, marriages, how to keep them going when people abandon them all kinds of relationships, uh, but she's doing it from a different perspective. So that shall be interesting. I shall deem it to be so. And that'll come up just a little bit later in the show, but not too much later that I can call it really later. Uh, She's a fascinating guest, and we will talk to her. I mean, I will talk to her. You won't talk to her. I will. You can listen in if you wish by continuing to listen to this program. That's how this works. Relationships are funny, and I don't mean that in a humorous, hilarious sense. People who are married, uh, who have friends that are single, in other words, people that live with somebody, that would be the married type. Uh, With friends who are single, that would be the people who live alone. They are envious Of those single people, married people, they say to their single friends, you know, I, I envy you. I'm jealous of your relationship with nothing because you can come and go as you please. You can nap when you please. You can eat whatever you want during the day. You can make your own decisions. You can do what you want when you want. And how you want, you can decorate things just as you want. You don't have to ask anybody for their approval for anything. You can go to bed with people and sleep with them sexually and not have any guilt whatsoever except for the fact you could get some sexual diseases, but that's on you. At least you have the freedom to do that. Your life. I want your life. And then the people that are single or live alone are jealous and envious of those that have partners are married or live with somebody. Oh, I envy you. You've always got somebody around, someone to support you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, someone to talk to whenever you need to. You, you when you do things, you can share the experience with them automatically. They're always there for you. You can exchange ideas, have lively conversations. Just have sex whenever you want. I envy you. And you have a family. You have a unit, a, a unit of, of family. I like that. I'm envious. I'm jealous. What is the expression? The, the grass, the gas? The gas is always worse when you have a lot of beans. The grass is always greener on the other side. It's a landscaping analogy. I don't know I don't know why we compare relationships to landscaping but we do <laughs> cuz the grass is always greener on the other side and it's true and it's true no matter which side you're on you want to be on the other one maybe you're tired of being on the side that you are you want to change sides and I think it's the same for men and women I think men sometimes say to themselves, I wish I was a woman. I wish I had the life of a woman. Or a woman says, oh, I wish I had the life of a man. I think it goes back and forth. I think. I don't know. How would I know? Why are you asking me these questions? I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, through my entire life, I'm a man I have that extended part of me that sometimes looks extended, sometimes looks like it's just not interested in anything. You know what part I'm talking about. I don't have that vagina thing. I think that's what you call it. I don't have it. So therefore, I will never have the experience, the thrill, the amazement of giving birth to another life, I will never have that. I've seen it. I've been a part of it. I've costed. I've caused it a few times. Cost it as well, but caused it a few times. But the actual experience of uh, shoving a watermelon down a straw, I've not had that. But there's also a closeness between a mother and a child that a man really will never feel, oh, they think they do, but they don't. Contributing to the cause is nothing like delivering the cause to the world. That's something a woman does, and that makes a woman extremely special. Men feel uh, kind of useless, and you know what? Come come closer to the speaker. They kind of actually are. I'm sorry, but it's true. Anyway, um my guest will be joining us momentarily. Are you finding that I'm insulting you in some way or form? I'm not. I'm I'm not. Thank goodness this is a monologue kind of program and we don't have to have a conversation. That would be rough. By the way, before we go any further, uh, today is indeed President's Day, and I don't understand it. Unless you are actually a president of the United States, uh, in which case this would be your day. I would go out and celebrate. Hey, it's President's Day. Everybody who is president of of a country, this is your day. Most of us were never president of the United States. A good amount of us weren't. I don't understand why we have to celebrate this. What's what's your point here? I, wh- Why would this have anything to do with me? Well, Ron, we're honoring the presidents of the United States. All right. You, I don't know how to do that. What, what am I supposed to do, go to church? What do you want me to do? Honor them? Well, thank them for their service. Hey, most of them, no thanks. <laughs> thanks thanks a lot would be my response thank you for your service no it would be well yeah thanks a lot so i don't know but indeed it is president's day and i guess uh schools are closed banks are closed i think banks might be open i have no idea what i'm talking about but schools are closed federal uh offices and mail and stuff you're not getting that you're not getting that today so, um, I don't understand why, just so a few presidents can feel good about themselves. I really don't get it, but I'm not here. I wasn't placed on the planet to get everything. Far, far from it. Do you like pasta? Yeah, me too.
0: Hi, this is Bobby Morone, former heavyweight contender. But you know me as the guy who runs the area's favorite Italian restaurant. Um... uh, It's headshots, buddy. Headshots. Thank you. Hey, do you like pasta? Of course you do. Then you gotta come to Headshots this month for Pasta Lamusa. Pasta Palooza. Pasta Pacula. Pasta Palooza. Pasta Lanusa. Pasta Palooza. Pasta Paducah. Pasta Palooza. Pasta Patchouli. Nice. Pasta Palooza. Pasta Potato. Pasta Palooza. Mr. Potato. Back on track, Bobby. Pasta Palooza. Pasta for sure. On the menu, but Pasta Palooza. Patsy Cline. No idea where that came from. Pasta Canunza. Pasta-palooza. Pasta-palooza. Pasta Palooza. Oh, Pasta Zalula. Pasta Palooza. Pasta... Jesus. Just come out and have some goddamn spaghetti. Headshots now open Tuesday through Sunday at the corner of Flange and Hassenfeffer.
1: Rana Weinberg is here she uh, has authored a very interesting uh, book it's uh, it's artifacts and other stories this is interesting because it's a topic that a lot of us are interested in and that's uh, love and marriage and even relationships so uh, you know we, we we have so many conversations about it but we never really nothing really seems to stick here uh, but Rana's book, uh, Brings it all to, all home for us. Uh, you were a public uh, defender, I understand, Rana.
2: Yes, I, I was, Ron, and I just want to say to thank you for having me on oh, your pleasure, show. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you.
1: Um, d- did did that in any way lend itself to to this book?
2: Well, I think my experience with all the different kinds of people, the diverse group, mm-hmm. did inform the work. I mean, it it made me think as I was writing. I thought of people that I had encountered in my work as a public defender. I don't deal with criminal law in right. this book, but I do deal with human emotions. And as a public defender, I really saw a lot of human emotions and difficult situations.
1: You know, there's a lot of quote-unquote manuals for, uh, for love and marriage. Uh, what are your, what are your, your viewpoints on, on these manuals? Where, your book seems to cut through it a little bit differently.
2: Yeah, I I feel that um, the manuals don't really give us direction, don't really give us direction that we each have to navigate love and marriage on our own. Mm -hmm. And so in the book, I I have in Artifacts and Other Stories, the characters in the different stories navigate love and desire Mm -hmm. as best they can in marriages, outside of marriages, in affairs, um, marriages happen, marriages break up. And each character has to learn how to deal with their own situation on their own, in a sense.
1: Yeah, it's kind of specific to the personalities of those that we're talking about, I guess.
2: Yes, exactly. And every situation is different. You know, no partnership, no love relationship really is like any other because each of the people are individuals.
1: You know what I find to be the most interesting is when you have a partner uh, through life, um, you share things with them, but they also share in your anger and in your frustrations and in your anxieties. So, I, I, you know, it's it's kind of like both come together, don't they?
2: <laughs> right, that's exactly true. You know, all, all the things that are going on inside you, you share with the partner. So yeah. it's it's not just pure love and desire. It's partnerships, long partnerships are very complicated.
1: Yeah. Well, when you're happy or when you're sad or when you're angry or content, it's your partner that bears the brunt of that because they're the closest target. <laughs> so. yeah,
2: that's right, that's yeah. right. And sometimes that can really sort of obliterate yeah. your positive feelings, you know, your feelings of love.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, Rana, it's uh, I, I, I compare everything to television uh, because I grew up with television shows. Uh-huh. And right. uh, I don't know what age group you're in, but I, I'm going back to like... Uh, father knows best leave it to beaver all that kind of stuff right and where, where everything was always perfect relationship wise um between uh, the two adults between the married couple and so everything in comparison to what we grew up with as being the model isn't the case that's
2: right i actually also watch father Knows best ah, and, and those okay. shows so right. i'm really familiar with that i think especially for um People who watched those television shows then, it was almost a rude awakening that things weren't perfect. Uh It looked like, you know, when I would watch those shows, it looked like you grew up, became an adult, got married, and in a sense lived happily ever after. Yes, But that's not what happens. You know, relationships in life are complex.
1: Yeah, they are. Um, Ronna, when we enter into, into marriage and relationships, what what understandings should we have? Um, are we missing something when we walk into these things?
2: I think that we should be we should have realistic expectations. Mm. um and that's really hard to have because when you walk into love and marriage, you're you're starry-eyed and you want to live with the person for the rest of your life. But you have to realize yeah. we all have to realize that, their limitations, and that no partner is perfect, and you have to learn to accept those
1: limitations
2: and to realize that they will come up as life evolves and the years pass.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess if you argue with your, your spouse or your significant other, that's kind of okay, but I I think that um, there's, there's a definition where arguing is not a good thing. You're not getting along. We're not getting along anymore. But that's not a signal of that necessarily, is it?
2: No, it's not. You're absolutely right. Sometimes it depends on how you argue, which is a signal. You know, There's, there's arguing and then there's name-calling and, and things that are very hurtful that may, may be more difficult to recover from. But arguing is a part of life. Two people are not always going to see eye to eye and agree.
1: You, you have a very interesting statement here, and, and I'll quote. It amazes me that society has made uh, many technolog- technological advances and scientific breaks, breakthroughs, but we haven't made any in love. Um, that's that's profound. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um,
2: thank you. I believe that.
1: I, I feel like... Uh,
2: For all our technology, they're manuals. We can learn how to use something. But in terms of love, they're self-help books. But I don't think that the self-help books really give us a roadmap for how to navigate love. Again, because it's so unique to each person.
1: Yeah. You also uh, say that uh, relationships and and love come in various stages. It's not just one continual flat level. Um, There are stages involved. What does that mean?
2: It means that um, there are different parts to love. So there might be love at the beginning, you know, very intense love filled with desire. And then as years pass, and you either have children or don't, but you're going through life, that intensity may wane. And so you're in a different stage. And, and later on, you, you may fall in love again. So in a sense, when you have a long-term partner, you may fall in and out of love, mm-hmm. that intense love with the partner, as the years go by.
1: Yeah. I had a friend who was married three times, uh-huh. and uh, he turned to me one day and he said, you know what? I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. <laughs> uh, so maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, that was I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess there's some things that people aren't really good at, and I guess you're not.
2: Yeah, it is interesting. I think in terms of marriage, you have to really want to make it work or a partnership, a long Uh partnership. And if you get easily frustrated or you are unwilling to compromise because everyone can't get all their wishes all the time, then marriage is difficult. Yeah. What did your friend decide to do? I shouldn't
1: ask you the question oh he he just he just dates around and and has a actually what seems to be a very nice life, but uh-huh. you know the grass is always greener on the other side you know that's that's right. though, yeah that's right yeah that's right. I, we don't always see the other side of the grass sometimes um yes, 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 there's no question about that uh, there are also there there are personality quirks in, in people, and I also know some people who. Um, No no matter what happens, they seem to never be satisfied with anything. Um, I mean, certain personalities are very difficult to deal with, uh, even if they're your significant other, I would assume.
2: That's true. Some people just aren't satisfied for whatever the reason, and it yeah. may be some kind of psychological reason, yeah. and it's difficult to be with a partner like that.
1: Yeah, or, or self-destructive, <laughs> where um, yes. I, uh, you're, you're going to hurt me someday, so I'll hurt you first.
2: Yes, yeah. And that all stems from a person's background, mm. and some of some of those behaviors are unconscious. Yeah. You know, a person may not even be aware of it.
1: Yeah. Um is there a secret to this? Um, I know there are probably many of them, but is there like an an, an underlying secret to a long-lasting relationship?
2: I, I don't know if there is, but I would think that one of the secrets is to be grateful for the other person, mm-hmm. to accept limitations and to accept the other person's imperfections mm-hmm. and to feel a commitment to the relationship because All relationships go through difficult times, but the trick is to be committed and to feel that you want to continue the relationship even Mm. when the times are rough, either between the two of you or because of circumstances of life.
1: What about the age-old question, uh, let's stay married for the children?
2: (laughs) That is an age-old question, and... Uh, it's debatable whether it helps or hurts the children mm-hmm. if you get divorced after they grow up. Maybe there's tension in the household, and that isn't good for the children. Yeah. So it's not always an easy answer.
1: No, it, it isn't. I, I guess. I guess it's when I, mean, I my parents were divorced when I was thirteen, mm. and um, that was significant, but not. Uh, I think it made me a stronger person to have gone through that not that it was that tumultuous but uh i think it made me stronger uh so uh-huh. I, I guess you know you can look at things all different ways and take good out of it or not
2: that's right that's right i think that is the main thing is to try to pick what's positive yeah. from whatever situation you're in yeah whether it's a partnership or your parents divorce or you divorce you have to be positive and be grateful for what you have yeah
1: Um, your book is fascinating. This is not your only literary achievement, is it?
2: No, this is, uh, thank you. I'm glad you Mm. enjoyed it. My, uh, this is my fourth book. Yeah. Uh, so, um, it's my third book of short stories.
1: Yes. And I always ask this of authors, if you don't mind, uh, what are you working on next? Are you?
2: I am. I'm working on more stories and I'm working on a novel about a public defender and, and an insanity case.
1: Oh, this is it's a different it, uh, route,
2: it, it, right? It's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the insanity, the but it's also about relationships because the public defender is a young woman and she has some issues with relationships. So it does uh-huh. reflect my other work.
1: Well, it reflects everything in life and every anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it Kind of enters into the reasons uh, for for everything. Actually, um, it, it's interesting that you bring. Other, You bring stories to the front in order to show by example. Um, that's always more effective than just, uh, uh, how can I put it, monologuing it, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I think stories speak to the heart mm. uh, and the mind and the emotions of the reader more than um, an essay or mm. a self-help book. I think if if the stories work, then a reader... Feels the emotion and can empathize with the characters, yeah. and maybe can think about things in their own life.
1: That's it. Rather than being talked to, it's uh, you. You put something on the table and you say, "Here's here. What did What did you get out of that?" Um, that yeah,
2: that's right. It's almost like a dialogue. Yeah, there
1: you go I because
2: like it's, any kind of writing has a second life. So yeah. I write a story but the story has another life when the reader reads it and brings his or her own experience to yeah. the story.
1: Sounds like a screenplay to me.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> any investors? Okay.
2: <laughs> if you know of any, let yeah, me know, I'll let you know. All
1: right, but, <laughs> I'm ready. But now I have to take a percentage. So You can. Uh, thank you, can. you so much. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll start looking. Okay. Uh, the, the book, uh, so far it's a book, uh, the book is uh, Artifacts and Other Stories, uh, how can someone follow you, uh, so to speak?
2: Thank you. Um, I have a website, www.ronawineberg.com, and that has information about this book and my other books. I've also written blogs for Psychology Today, yeah. and there's information about that on the website. I'm also on Twitter, and I'm on LinkedIn, and on Instagram. Wow. And my t- So I can be found that way. With Rana Weinberg is usually the handle for those
1: yeah, different right. sites. Which is, which is not the common name.
2: No, it is not no. a common name.
1: No, that's what writers do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rana, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and continued success, and I hope we talk in the future. Well, that'll do it for me today. I'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new program. Thank you to my guest. Thank you, Rana. And thank you to you. Till tomorrow, I wish you peace.